Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. The first thing, Tom, is yeah. it sounds almost so so simple. You have a quest, you have a mission, and you build a number two company. <laughs> but I'm sure, I'm sure there were major hiccups along the way. Sure. What is the biggest hurdle in this journey and how did you overcome it? Yeah, so in the, the early days, it was manufacturing. So many people may not know this. Normally, a food company doesn't actually make their own food. So you find a contract manufacturer, they make it for you. They have the expertise in that. You have the expertise in marketing, maybe formulation, although many times you don't, food companies don't even formulate their own food, which is pretty crazy. So we had a vision for what the product could become. We went to the co-manufacturers and they said, that product literally can't be made. And to make a long story short, we realized they were actually correct with one caveat. It can't be made on the equipment that exists today. So the big breakthrough for us was being willing to engineer our own industrial-grade equipment so that we could make this protein bar that had never existed before. And that was a huge challenge. And one of my partners happens to be very good at fixing that stuff. But to hedge our bets, we actually kept our previous company for the first year of Quest. And so I, with my wife, we were at Quest full-time, and they were still running the technology company. So I was repairing equipment, which, let me assure you, not a situation you want to be in. And going back to your point, it really is that simple. It's not easy, but it really is that simple. So I remember when the wrapping machine broke down, and I want you to imagine my dad, who to this day, God bless him, such a sweet guy, but it's just absolutely heartbroken that I hate cars, I hate repairing things, I hate, I don't even like having greasy hands, like, oh God, I so hate it. So it breaks and I'm looking at it like, oh wow, like I'm paralyzed. And then you're like, okay, I don't do paralyzed, that doesn't fit with my identity, okay, I'm the learner. I'm the learner, that's right. And you go grab the manual and you literally start flipping through the manual and you try stuff and you rack your knuckles and you bleed a little bit and... And you I love figure that. it out. I love that. You were so committed to your mission that you just figured things out to get there. Now, one of the things that you spoke about that I thought was fascinating was your routine. Yeah. Let's go deep into your routine. So you start with working out. Yep. What type of workouts do you do? So I'm a weight trainer guy, so I don't do cardio. Unless, so the picture of me um, when I was super, super lean, I have to do cardio to get that lean. But otherwise, let's call it 85% of the year, I'm not doing cardio. So I go in, I traditionally do what's called a push-pull leg split. So on one day, I do all the push muscles. On the other day, I do all the pull muscles. Then I do legs. So you work out every single and day. And repeat. I work out five days a week, and I usually take Saturday and Sunday off. Psychologically, it's just nice to know I wake up and I can do whatever I want. Let's talk about meditation, the second yeah. thing on your list. What type of meditation do you do? I do what I'll call just breathe, box breathing meditation. And if there are any meditator haters out there, let me tell you how I used to be one of you. So I'm going to give you a glimpse into my real soul here, vulnerability time. <laughs> Things that seem overly feminine to me, like always freak me out a little uh -huh. bit. And meditating was like, oh, that's so like, there's nothing tough about that. And because... <laughs> And that's because I have to fight. I mean, you guys saw the pictures of me when I was younger, like, you know, all like dweeby and emo-ish. So for me to find strength and to man up and to not, like that was a real thing for me. I, I was the whiny kid. I remember one time 
Uh, I was playing soccer, and I had broken my thumb in the middle of the game, and they wouldn't take me out because I complained all the time. So they thought, oh, God, here we go again. He's just complaining. But I'd actually broken my thumb that time. So I was the boy that cried wolf. I was always whining, complaining, crying about something. So to become tough, I really had to like focus on it. So meditation just didn't seem tough to me at all. And then on Inside Quest, I interviewed a Navy SEAL, and he was like, oh, dude, I'd be nowhere without meditation. And I was like, you know, here's this hulking guy. He can wow. kill me if he wanted to. And he was like, no, 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 let me show you how to do the breathing. And so then once I had that, what you would call a brule, once I got rid of that brule, that meditating was for weaklings, and then I could embrace it and realized, oh, my God, like this is changing my it's life shifted. in real time. Now, Incredible. after meditation, you say you do something called thinky tape. Yeah. Did I say that word right? Thinkitating, yeah. Okay, so I bet all of you are wondering, what on earth is thinkitating? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just mashing thinking and meditating together. So I found that I really try to break my meditation into two parts. So the first part, I am truly trying to calm the monkey mind. I'm actually just trying to breathe. And box breathing has a very physically pleasurable rhythm to it. And so when I get into that state, I'll do 20, 30 seconds stretches where I'm not thinking about anything other than my breath and the, the pleasure. And it unfortunately is really sort of that short of a time period. And then my mind will start racing and then I'll remember, wait a second, get back to it. But then I'm in such a calm state. And here's the beauty about meditating. The more you need it, meaning the more stressed out you are, what I call background radiation. As the background radiation rises and you're not feeling good, you have a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, it will be more effective, not less. So meditate may take you a little bit longer to lower that background radiation, but when you do, you may then slip back into an alpha wave pattern for the first time in months if you haven't been meditating. So once I'm in that alpha wave state, I find that I want to take advantage of it because I'm trying to accomplish something in my business or whatever. So I'll say, okay, this is the problem I want to think about. How am I going to monetize my content, let's say? And so I sit in a very specific posture while I'm meditating. I break that posture for thinkitating. I lay back. And I don't mind if I start drifting in and out of sleep. And you guys probably heard the stories. I'm going to pretend it was Einstein. I don't think it was. It was somebody else, but sort of that era, that level. Used to sit and meditate with something in his hand, trying to fall asleep. Dolly? Dolly? I think you're right. Thank it you. Was, it was Edison. That out. So the person, Dolly, Edison, whoever the case may be, they would drop it. And the, it hitting the floor would wake them up. And there's something about that state that would allow you to make these really unique connections. So that's what I'm looking for. When I think of Tate, I find that I, I make connections between ideas that wouldn't otherwise make. You then said you read. What would be your top three favorite books that you'd recommend everybody here needs to read? Yeah, so number one, it is the most important book in the English language. I am actually begging you as like one empathetic human being to another, please read it, is a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. And I'm gonna guess a lot of you have read it. That book, for anybody who is willing to let it, it will change your life completely. It is the most important book in the English language. Beyond that, The Obstacles of the Way is also incredibly, incredibly powerful. Who's that by? That's by Ryan Holiday. And then there's so many books, but if you're not interested in starting your own business, but you still want to play at the absolute highest level, I highly encourage you to read a book called Lynchpin by Seth Godin. And Lynchpin is sort of the opposite. So for entrepreneurs, Obstacles the Way might be a better book. But for people that they're not interested in that level of risk, but they want to be an artist in what they do, Lynchpin was, was just game-changing. Awesome. Now, what do you think was the number one thing? If you could think about one thing that really made Quest shoot up in its incredible trajectory, what was that? 
It was social media. It was social media encompasses something big, which is up here, I'm trying to do exactly one thing, and that's be entirely who I am, lower my defenses, be authentic, not try to be cool. Now, after we talk to have connections with people, because I'm an introvert and I know nobody believes that, but when I come up here, I have to like get in the fucking zone for so long before I come up, because to me, extroversion is a technique. It's something I recognize how valuable it is, but left to my own devices, you will see, I always sit by myself, I never approach people, it just makes me uncomfortable. And I haven't addressed that skill yet in my life, it's something that I think I will eventually. So social media plays on that understanding of humans have a desire to connect. So even though I'm introverted, I still really wanna connect and I really wanna feel part of something bigger and social media has made that possible. So Quest was designed from word one to say companies are real people. It's not a nameless, faceless organization. I have a mom and she is morbidly obese and I have a sister who's morbidly obese and I love them and I want them to be happy and I wanna help and that's why I'm doing this every day and inviting people into that world, you create a community. I mean, you know this, right? It's about the community and even just being invited into this and being a part of this, I'm reminded all over again, the power of community. So we built a community, we didn't market. A final question is this, and I bet a lot of you feel the same way. Yes, you are seeking a quest, but there are so many potential things that you might wanna fix about the world. I'm, for example, I'm concerned about climate change, I'm concerned about education. How did you know that this particular mission was what you had to pursue? I didn't. So it went like this and really, really get super comfortable with that, right? So my thing in life is it's better to go a thousand miles an hour in the wrong direction than to go one mile an hour in the right direction. Why? Because I know enough about myself to know I will constantly check, is this the right direction? If I smash into a wall or whatever, I'll pick myself up and go, okay, wait, am I moving in the right direction? And if I'm not, I don't have a problem changing direction because I don't value myself in being right. So I value myself and how quickly I can realize that I'm wrong. So I had a business partner who was utterly obsessed with nutrition and human metabolism. Another partner was an Iowa farm boy and knew about machinery and logistics. And then myself, who I so wanted to help my mom and my sister. And so it was like, okay, wait, you have these converging areas of interest. I already had a deep passion for helping other people. I'm just wired for it. I'm very empathetic. I get a rush out of seeing that moment of awakening. So like the truest mission of my life is to free people from the matrix. It isn't to help them lose weight. I just happen to believe the two are connected. Connected. But seeing that opportunity from a business perspective was like, well, let's run a thousand miles an hour in that direction. If it doesn't feel right, we'll change. Awesome. Thank you, Tom. That Thanks was some crazy, you, amazing stuff. Thank you. Give him a round of applause, Thank you, people. I'm Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body, your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people 
dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.